Hello, everybody, and welcome to Socks on Tap. I am Johnny Nani, joined tonight by Tony Marchese after another embarrassing White Sox loss. Southsiders fell in Cleveland tonight by a score of 11-3. to Tony, the only word I can think of to describe this one is embarrassing. Yeah, man, not great. Um, yeah, I don't know if I expected the outcome to be any different after this, what seems like... Uh, you know, the bottom of the roller coaster that we've been on this year. Um, I think the roller coaster broke and we're, we like fell below the tracks. Yeah, we're like it's derailed at this point in time. Uh, yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, just derailed completely. Um, we're going to need more than a mechanic to fix this, though. <laughs> I think that's yep. that's part of the problem. Uh, we need a new engineer. Um, we need the ride completely redesigned. And... You know, maybe we need a whole different theme park. Um, just get out of town here because, oh, it just you said it, embarrassing. Um, I don't even feel like this team's gonna win another ball game this year. It just seems like they're completely checked out. What do What do you think? That's seriously what it feels like. Uh, just the vibe that you get. Um, I just think you see stuff like in Sunday's game with Tim Anderson, the mental mistakes, whether Buzz said that's trying to do too much or just, you know, not paying attention to situations because he's mentally checked out, whatever it is. Um, there's just no life anywhere. Um, they're not having fun in the dugout. They're, you know, there's no celebratory. I mean, not that there's much to celebrate, but you know what I'm saying? You get yeah. the vibe that I'm going here for. Uh, you can just mm-hmm. feel it. Um, they, they look just lifeless out there and it's unfortunate because I was going to um, put something out from socks on tap, but I figured I'd save it for the episode. Um, where, where was that little bit sense of give a shit that they had earlier in the season? Like you remember those Cubs wins, uh, both mm-hmm. the one at home and the one um, at Wrigley with the Eloy walk off. Um, there was a little bit more of a, uh, you know, and people had talked about it and I felt it earlier in the season at the ballpark, a little bit more of a lively atmosphere just all around with this team. And now that has completely disappeared. Yeah. I, I don't know where it went, Johnny. Um, I kind of sense the same thing too. A, a couple of weeks back, even when they struggled through July, there still seemed to be at least a little bit of give a shit. I like that term. Um, you know, they were they were trying to claw back. And I know I wasn't on the show with uh, you and Buzz yesterday, but I think that there is one guy who still does care, and that's Lucas Giolito. Um, you know, you saw him after the first inning yesterday kind of scream into his glove. You know, he, he dropped an F-bomb really loud into his glove. You couldn't tell that that's what he was saying. You know, and then he goes out there and he puts runs on the board himself. But the offense, man... It's just been bad. And, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I, I really don't. It seems like even Moncada's kind of just going through motions, trying to get off, the, you mm-hmm. know, get off into the offseason and do whatever Moncada does. Jose Abreu's just kind of doing his same, you know, late August, September. You know, now he's hitting, but, you know, not really, not really making, you know, putting the team on his back by any means. Um, you know, Tim Anderson, a lot of mental mistakes. You see the errors just continuously piling up. You've seen Lurie Garcia even have some, some really bad mental lapses. You know, it's concerning. You know, we go back to that word concerning and tonight, just more of the same. The Sox are getting down in a lot of these games early too. And then just never really clawing their way back. 
You know, even when they're getting close, they're just going right back out on the field and giving up more runs. It's, you know, it's really hard to watch this team right now. You know, I, I don't, I don't see anything right now from this team that screams this is going. This team's going to compete next year. You look at a game like today. You know, even going in with Ross Detweiler, um, you know. You can't just lose every single game over and over and over and over again. We get we get past Lucas Giolito, who's supposed to be our stopper. We talk about that all the time. And, you know, we saw it from Reynaldo Lopez, a guy that's been good. He gets pulled in the first inning. Nova has a bad start. It's like, where does this stop? Where does it stop, man? And then again, tonight, only two and two-thirds out of Ross Datweiler, giving up four hits, all of them are, or four runs, four hits, all of them earned. He walks six batters. You know, it's like... This is just a ton of crap, especially out of the starting pitching. You know, I just, I don't know where you go next. You know, Carson Fulmer is the only guy who pitched more than one inning without walking a batter in this game. You know, it's, I don't know. I I really don't know what to do with this. You know, this is, I'm looking at the pitching stats right now, Johnny, and it's just, it's, it looks atrocious. Yeah, I, I was going to comment on this, and I didn't really keep my inning-by-inning inning notes like I usually do because I felt this game was over in the third inning when Cleveland plastered three on the board, and obviously they needed one more technically to win it. I always like talk about game-winning hits, so yeah, technically they did need one more, but um, obviously they ran away with it, uh, putting up a couple of crooked numbers throughout this game. Um, so some of the notes that I did have, getting back to that, where, you know, walks like crazy, like you'd mentioned, uh, 10 issued by White Sox pitching tonight, six of them by Detweiler, two by Fry, two by Banuelos. Um, and then the guys that were out there, um, this doesn't instill any confidence in me. Ross Detweiler, Carson Fulmer, Jace Fry, Manny Banuelos, Josh Osage. Yikes. Um, that, that's... <laughs> We talk about bullpen A squad, bullpen B squad. I, I know that there, there's been some mixing uh, of these guys throughout the year, but that just doesn't instill confidence. Uh, Fulmer and Van Whale two guys that are, um, feel like they're just there to, you know, eat some innings. Uh, they were just reinstated from their rehab stints at Charlotte. Uh, those were our two first call-ups, and I know we'll get to the call-ups and our stances on that in a little bit, Tone, but um, just the not gonna not gonna win you a ball game that doesn't instill any confidence and obviously their performance uh showed you know it's basically their level um that's their ceiling unfortunately yeah i mean you brought up the mixing and everything and i go back to what was that saturday when uh when we were watching the game together and you you roll through basically bullpen a squad in a game that was already lost um, you know, and, and you said you felt like this game was over by the third inning, you know, it's three to uh, one first, going into the bottom, first. bottom in the third. Well, yeah, the first, um, you know, it, crooked numbers, <laughs> you bring that up too. I, I, I'm, when's the last time the Sox put up some crooked, like real crooked numbers throughout a ball game consistently. And I, I can't remember it. You know, maybe in the past week or so, we've had a few of them. But just off the top of my head, it just feels like the Sox are a dead horse that just continuously is getting beaten um, at this point in time. Um, You know, I'm throwing out all these cliches here, but, man, that's exactly what it feels like. That's exactly what it feels like. 
And, you know, uh, let's roll into the offense here real quick. I mean, I, I don't even mm-hmm. want to talk about this pitching. Going into the, the offense here, this team for just somehow tonight walks eight times. Eight times, Johnny. That might be that might be the high for the year. I'm not sure, but this is a team that doesn't walk at all. They walk eight times tonight against the Cleveland Indians, and they're only able to put up three runs. Three for 12 with runners in scoring position, leaving 12 runners on base. That's not great. That's no. not great at all. Um, no. Again, it goes to situational hitting, all this other stuff, not getting it done. Um you know, and, and 10 hits tonight, 10 hits, eight walks, and you only, only put up three runs. That's unacceptable. Yeah. Absolutely unacceptable. Uh, one thing that I wanted to get in, because like I said, I didn't have my inning-by-inning inning notes, uh, but I did take a couple of these down, and you, you've transitioned it perfectly to the next segment of my notes here. Um, I'm going to go to my word, uh, opportunistic. You know, you call it situational hitting. I call it being opportunistic. Um, White Sox had bases loaded and left them loaded in both the 7th and the 8th. In the 7th, Eloy grounds into a double. So Eloy had one out. He grounds into a double play, inning-inning double play, and then Tim Anderson grounds out to end the 8th. Um, just deflating. Um, if you're going to get any sort of spark in this game, it had to come there. And obviously they didn't get it done. Uh, I, I, you know, I'd given Eloy a little bit of praise uh, when he started hitting some doubles and whatever. But ever since he had his last extra base hit on July, or excuse me, August 18th at Anaheim, um, this guy's been struggling, man. Uh, he is, uh, what is he? Yeah, he's... Uh, 11 for 39, so the average is 282, but zero extra base hits. Um, obviously, that means, you know, no doubles, triples, home runs. Uh, three RBI, two walks in that span, struck out 11 times. Um, you know, meanwhile, we're going to have to go and watch highlights of, I'm sure, you know, one of the other young guns did something amazing today uh, around the league, and Eloy's just streaky hot and cold like that, and he's cold right now, and they just look lifeless. So that's overall, um, I think. And, you know, Timmy, as much as we talked about, you know, it's great that he's been having all these multi-hit games, and he sure he uh, hit a bunch in August. I think he let, yeah, he let all of baseball in hits in August, but um, you got to do it when it matters. And when you got bases loaded in that eighth inning, you want to show a little bit of life, show that this team still cares. It would have been the time to do it. Uh, and he grounds out. So uh, I'm disappointed in uh, both of those situations in the seventh and the eighth. Here's what drives me up the wall is you go to a pitching change or, you know, the middle of an inning and you get these commercials that say, be here when this happens. And it's either Tim Anderson flipping his bat on a walk off or whatever, or Moncada with his big highlight walk off stuff. When's the last time that happened, Johnny? I you know I can't remember. Five, runner, five runners left on base for Tim Anderson tonight. Um, you know, Moncada, he had a decent game. Can't really pick on him. He drove in a run. He he had one hit, but um, you know, you talk about this team continuing to care into September, and Jose Abreu is fresh off of saying that the 2020 season starts in September for the big league club. You know, it's something that we joked about over with our whole Shar Knights weekly stick that we did. 
Well, if the 2020 season starts in September right now for this big league club, give me a goddamn break because if this is the effort that we're going to get out of them next year, it's not going to be any better than it is this year right now. That's what pisses me off. We're sitting here talking about this game in September, and if you want to set a tone for next year, actually give a shit. Actually care. I don't understand how you can go to the media and talk about how the 2020 season starts right now and then just go out here and act like you're going through the motions. If you're a team leader, Abreu, go out there and tell these guys to give a shit. Ricky Renteria should hear what Jose Abreu has to say and get these guys up for these games. It's unacceptable. I don't understand it. It drives me nuts. I don't want, like, you know, Johnny, we do all this Hawk stuff. I can't wait for Hawk season. But I want to care about baseball in September. God damn, I want to watch the White Sox play in October. And how do we get there? It's by giving a shit. Yeah, man, you you put it there perfectly. Um, I second everything that you just said there, and I think that's a great point with the Abreu comments fresh off of that. And then since then, um, we, we've been over uh, ever since. Then. What is this, now eight in a row? Or is this seven in a row? No, seven in a row. Seven in a row now tonight. Um, it's arbitrary at this point. Yeah, so... Just super frustrating, like you said, drives you up the wall. Um, another, just one thing I wanted to point out here, uh, shout out to Jason Connor, 612 on Twitter. Uh, he pointed this out, uh, you know, it was fourth time in the last fifth games, the White Sox have given up 10 plus runs. Um, Not great, Bob. That's, yeah, that, that is uh, mailing it in, as I would call it. Yeah. it. You know... You get one or two wins out of those last few games, and at least you're still, like, kind of holding people's attention. But, like, even tonight, you're scrolling through Twitter or whatever while you're watching this game. And not that college football or or football in general doesn't take away from some of the stuff that goes on, especially in White Sox Twitter over the past few years in, you know, White Sox baseball. But you've got here we go. We see this transition out of people caring about this team come September. It's just, it's frustrating to see because, you know, like I said, I'm just dying to see this team actually play meaningful ball games here. And if you've got your team leader preaching it and people are uninterested because of the performance on the field, that doesn't spell, you know, that doesn't spell well for, you know, this team going forward. You know, I'm I'm just really frustrated tonight. I'm sure everybody can tell, but you know, I, I'm just waiting for something to change. And you know, I think we'd we'd miss a big topic if we don't just briefly touch on it. Um, September call-ups. They said that we were waiting for uh, Charlotte Knights' playoff run to be finished. I guess so to speak before we get any word on who's going to get the call-ups. Um, well, what happened today, Johnny? Charlotte Knights season is over. They collapsed in typical White Sox organization fashion. They were up. Uh, they had to win that game, and the, the team that they needed to lose, um, that was happening for them. So the situation was perfect. They were in control of their own destiny there in the eighth inning. They collapsed. Um, old friend Jose Ruiz, uh, who we have praised a couple of times on this show uh, for some of the work that he's done in late innings for the White Sox earlier in the season. But he was down there, and... Um, 
he let up the go or the excuse me the tying hit and then uh the knights end up falling in extra innings so uh their season's done tony i think that's the bottom line here uh, they are done the charlotte knights are so um any good organization would go and call up um, a bunch of these guys since the roster, this is the last year of rosters expanding but what does rick Renry's comment before the game we don't know for sure yet on the call-ups probably not many is what he said well, and we've already got word that, uh, you know, like, here's a name, the Houston Astros. Who are they calling up? Kyle Tucker. You know, like, every team is going out there, and if they haven't done it already, they're calling up their good prospects. You know, service time be damned, because we want to get these guys some major league experience, so next year, they're not blindly coming in mid-April for that extra year of control, and then floundering when they, well, as we know, probably succeeding right off the bat. But in here, here it goes back to something that we've talked about all year. I, I don't want to have that adjustment period when we're supposed to be competing next year. Even if we're not competing next year, I don't want them going through that adjustment period. I want them starting to actually show something on the diamond. I don't think we're going to see Luis Roberts' name tomorrow in the news for being called up to the White Sox. I don't think we're going to see Nick Madrigal. I know you and I have been kind of, I guess you could say, low on Nick Madrigal as far as an outlook for him in the major leagues. But, hell, I'd like to see him up here. I'd like to see him up here now. Um, Just to see the Sox show face that they actually care about getting these guys the development that they need. You know, I I understand the whole, we've seen Madrigal and Robert go all the way from A to AAA this year. Great. Well, you know what they didn't do? They didn't go all the way from A ball to the MLB. You know, like, there's mm-hmm. other players who don't go to AAA because they go to AA and they succeed there that other front offices show enough faith to then put them in the major leagues right away. You know, you could have seen Luis Robert here in August. You could have probably seen him in July. I don't care if he's, you know, below age average for AAA. You know, you go look at that Braves team that we just played. How old's Ozzy Albies? Both Albies and Acuna are 22 years old. Okay, so how old's Luis Robert? Uh, I believe he's 21. Okay, um slightly there behind him you know i think albies was playing in the league at 21 excuse me excuse me robert is 22 so there you go yeah there you go case in point case in point right there is luis robert going to be worse than those guys you know here's my here's my point is how ready is he versus some of those other guys yeah you know it's you won't know you won't know if you bring don't bring him up though that's the thing (sighs) yeah i mean exactly so you know, we've heard rumblings that you're going to see Zach Collins up here, which is great. I'm I'm happy for that because you want to see him get more reps. He probably should have been called up a little bit sooner. Um, obviously, the organization was going for the playoff run in Charlotte, um, as comical as that may be, um, or as serious as that may be. Um, Collins made adjustments down in Charlotte, and you'll probably see him back up here. But you just said it, not many. Uh, Ricky Renteria said it actually not many call-ups so um, we'll see what we get here but 
Um, the excuses of, of waiting for whatever Charlotte does in the playoffs, that's over. Um, and I, I leave you with this. Uh, if, if Rick Hahn was banking on the Charlotte Knights making a postseason run for not calling up Luis Robert, that is no longer an opportunity. Um, they will probably shut him down just for the basis of shutting him down based on the amount of ball games he's played this year which I think Johnny is particularly lame and weak. Extremely lame and weak. Um, you had talked about, you know, not many is what Rick Renteria said in the uh, pregame interview uh, when the media talked to him today. Um, of those not many, we're going to fire up the quadruple A recycling program once again, Tony. Um, and by that, I mean your Charlie Tilsons. Um, I mean, Ryan Cordell is already up here. Um, you're going to get maybe some of these pitchers, a Juan Manaya, Jose Ruiz, um, guys that we've seen before, and they aren't anything special at all. And it's frustrating when you could have guys like Luis Robert, Nick Madrigal, and hell, you know what? I wish even this is, you know, this is even being uh, lenient on the organization. I would, you know, just love to see a Yerman Mercedes just to see if he could hit the ball out of the ballpark um, on the south side at 35th and Shields because I think he could, but that's another one that they probably won't even, you know, because that that would throw four catchers into the mix then if you're talking about Collins being up, which, yes, I'm with you on that. I will be uh, happy to see Zach Collins back up. Um, I would like to see him, especially after the adjustments that he had made at AAA since going down this last time. So um, that will be exciting to see, but... I uh, just a fresh name, a fresh face. I think that would, you know, at least give White Sox fans something to at least tune in for. <laughs> I think that's what we're kind of looking for at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's to tune in for. Hell, I'll take Yerman Mercedes at DH at this point in time. Um, you know, there's really no reason why a guy like Wellington Castillo needs more than three starts in the month of September um, because it should be going to... Hell, even Sebi Zavala, a guy that's been up here once before. Let's see what some of these guys can do because guess what? Do I want to go through this again next year? Absolutely not. I don't want to be playing these same games. I don't want to be playing the, what does this, what can this guy do? And obviously there's going to be some of that on every single ball club, even competing teams are going to be bringing up guys to see what they can do. But the difference is, is that most of those rosters are completely filled with guys who are already stable at the major league level who can handle their own. And it's going to be at one or one or two positions. But when you've got three or four different positions on the ball field where you're trying guys out and seeing what can stick, you know, at, at what point, and, and here, here's a name, Danny Mendick, Johnny, Danny Mendick. I want to see what he can do at the major league level. But does he get the same amount of at-bats as a Yomer Sanchez does before we can determine whether or not he's a major league ball player? You know, stuff like that. that just it, It's going to drag itself out, and it's going to be frustrating. Give him September. Start him over Yomer Sanchez. Start him over some of these guys. I don't care if they're starters. Uh, for the big league ball club all year plug and play some of these guys give them some pinch hit at bats I don't care just let 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 it loose for the rest of 2019 and give the White Sox fans some fresh names some guys to see and just you know piece it together for for one last time and then be done with this come 2020 because if you're going to make some free agent acquisitions if you actually are going to spend some money you still have these guys that what you've you've held around in the minor leagues to do what with, 
You know, I, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand and that. one one closing thought for me on, on this topic is we've seen the DH numbers and I've harped on this a couple of times. It's a couple of different times on different socks on taps uh, over this past week, probably. The White Sox DH numbers are just atrocious. Yerman Mercedes, you might as well give him a go. That, that would be my thing there in my case for calling him up, just to see the bat. May, you don't even need to start him behind the plate. No. Just throw him at DH. Um, Tony, uh, this is going to you know, uh, drive me more insane than I already am right now if we keep talking about this. Uh, you want to move on? Yeah, sure. Let's take a look at tomorrow, Johnny. All right, tomorrow, game two at Cleveland, 6, 10 p.m. Central time start. Uh White Sox and Indians. Dylan Cease is taking the mound for the White Sox. Three and seven, six nine two ERA, fifty three Ks on the year, and he's going up against Mike Clevenger. A tough one. He's ten and two, two seven two ERA, hundred twenty three strikeouts on the year. Clevenger's got that weird herky jerky motion, but damn, is he effective? Yeah. Um, a few thoughts going into this one, Johnny. We've been waiting for the Dylan Cease game all year. Can it please be tomorrow? I'm I'm begging the baseball gods right now that tomorrow is the day that Dylan Cease can make it three innings without giving up a run at least. Going to be tough to do against the Cleveland Indians, obviously. The White Sox offense, they're not getting any breaks here. Clevenger, like you said, it herky-jerky motion, but damn, he is effective. Um you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to give this guy some run support. So, Dylan Cease is gonna have to pitch a clean game, or we're gonna be seeing more of the same stuff that we've been seeing for a while now. Um, you know, Sox hitters against Mike Clevenger, not great, Bob. Uh, the the best hitter against Mike Clevenger is Wellington Castillo, who's seen him four times and, and hit him twice. Abreu's hitting a paltry 238 against him. Tim Anderson, 200. Um, you know, a lot of these guys have seen Mike Clevenger before, and some of them just done really poorly. Uh, Eloy's 0 for 3 against him. Uh, Yohan Moncada's seen him 10 times, only got one hit off of him. It's going to be difficult because Clevenger has pitched very effectively against the White Sox. Now, Dylan Cease has never faced the Indians before. None of these guys have seen him. Um, if if Dylan Cease was going up against the White Sox, uh, I would be willing to put big, better guy money on the White Sox here. But that's <laughs> generally not uh, what happens when uh, you know we try and do what other teams do to us with the, with a new pitcher. So um, yeah, this one's going to be tough. But you know, please, you know, if I can if I can send one up to the baseball gods and they can reward me with reward me with something here. It would be that Dylan Cease finally puts it together for one start. You know, we talk about guys that we would like to see up here. And for a long time, White Sox fans wanted to see Dylan Cease up. He's here now. Um, But just a quick question that's kind of off topic. Has the new prospect shine worn off a little bit for you, Johnny? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's not nearly as, you know, hype you are uh, when, you know, like you talk about a Kopech day or like a Cease day. Um, it, those first times that they come out there. So yeah, in that sense it has, but I, I'm a little more lenient with them just because the stuff is so it plays so well. Um, so as long as you can find the command and like you'd said, not be jittery in those first 
two, three innings, whatever it is. Um, I think that's really what it is. He's kind of more inside his own head and he's a little too amped up um, and not really focusing on what he needs to do. So um, you, you talked about other teams facing him for the first time. You know, every team that we've played has faced him for the first time. Minus, I think he's got two against Detroit now. Um, but uh, you know, they obviously had no problem solving him at least a little bit in early innings. So, um, yeah, it, it has worn off a little bit, but I, if you're still going to ask me, I wouldn't say I'm worried about Dylan cease. Um, I think you took that question a little bit more Dylan cease ask than, than the overall, um, point I was trying to get to, which was like, you know, we saw Yohan Moncada and the hype was there. And by the time now that we've made it to a Dylan cease, it's oh, you're talking about the general call. Yeah, okay. the general yeah. like new call ups for the White Sox. Like even for Eloy, I felt like it kind of tailed off just a little bit. But um, yeah. I think Dylan Cease, he probably could have had just as much hype as a Michael Kopech. But it just yeah, it's just something that I noticed. But yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm not too worried overall about Dylan Cease, like you said, because the stuff is just phenomenal. But the the one thing that that really gets me is that it's just been this same trend over and over and over again for him and i just want to see him get that one start i know i said it a few weeks ago you know i want to see him get that one start where he puts it all together i just want i i i still feel like that's going to be the confidence boost that this kid needs and he's not getting any favors tomorrow against cleveland and you know baseball is a very mental sport we've seen it with lucas giolito um you know, I just I feel like that one good start's going to do wonders for this kid. And like I said, I just I want to see that happen. Yeah, I'm with you 100 uh, percent. That's what I want to see. So uh, let, let's move into some picks to click here. Uh, who are picks to click brought to you by Tony? Picks to click are brought to you by Second City Picks at Second City Picks. And you can find them at secondcitypicks.com. And what can you do at secondcitypicks.com, Johnny? Secondcitypicks.com. Super easy. You go on there every day and they will have a featured game for that day, White Sox or Cubs during baseball season here, and they will uh, give you something to predict, whether that be the final score, um, be the combined runs between the teams, uh, the number of White Sox runs, whatever it is, you go in, enter your predictions right there on that site, and your email below it, they will send you a little receipt so you remember what your picks are, and then when you win, they will send you a gift card to a Chicagoland food establishment. Uh, make picks based on your sports knowledge, win free food, super simple, secondcitypicks.com. All right, beautiful, Johnny. Who do you have tomorrow? I am going to go with Yoan Mankata. Um, I, I know it looks like he's been kind of lackadaisical, a little, uh, you know, checked out at this point in the season, but um then again, you talk about with him just the natural ability and uh, his history of hitting in Cleveland, at least this year. I, I can just remember, you know, it's hard to remember the good times, but I do remember an early season bomb where he just absolutely smoked it almost into that upper deck in right field. Um, and he will be batting lefty again against Mike Clevenger tomorrow. Um, I think it is a good time for uh, Yohan Mankata to raise that 100 average against Mike Clevenger. So uh, I'm going to go with Yohan. So I kind of held this one back when I was talking about batters facing uh, Mike Clevenger um, just because I had his name circled here as my pick to click, and that's James McCann. As long as we see James McCann in the lineup tomorrow, uh, he's batting 286 and seven at-bats against Mike Clevenger. Uh, 
he hasn't drove in any runs against him or hit any homers. Um, but I, I kind of liked him over Jose Abreu for this one. I know Abreu's seen him a little bit more, but getting McCann back in the lineup, had a day off today. Um, hopefully he's nice, rested up, and uh, ready to go. So uh, I'm going McCann. All right. I like it. Um, Tony, uh, this was a tough one to get through. Um, it sucks. It's unfortunate. We're, we're down about this one. Uh, a lot of frustrating things, obviously, with the call-ups and just the result of the game itself being on a seven-game losing streak now. Um, let's snap it. I think I, I liked your petition prayer to the baseball gods. Um, I'll sign one up, too. Uh, please, please let Dylan Cease put it all together tomorrow and go deep into the game. I want to see six, seven innings. Um, I don't want to get to this bullpen early because it looks like no one else can pitch right now. <laughs> Yeah, thank God for September call-up so we can see uh, Thiago, Vieira, and Juan Manaya and Jose Ruiz back on the White Sox to help this bullpen out. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds funny, doesn't it? Um, that's all I've got tonight. Uh, Johnny, White Sox forever. White Sox forever. <laughs>